how are we going to get to our car? There's one trail that goes to that trailhead, and now that trail is on fire. From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature, real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Caroline Ballard. This time, we're going to hear about a woman seeking relief from a hot and dry summer. Only her weekend in the mountains was anything but relaxing. Cheryl Hill and her husband Greg live in Portland, Oregon, and they love backpacking in the Pacific Northwest. The region is known for its wet climate and year-round rain, but 2017 was different. It was beautiful and sunny all throughout July, which was glorious. That's very un-Portland-like. We usually get some rain even in summer. When August came around, uh, we started paying the price for all that dry weather, and wildfires started uh, popping up. The whole state felt like it was on fire. If the wind was in the right direction, we could smell smoke in Portland and the sky was was hazy, uh, views were obstructed. If we went out hiking in the mountains, we could feel it in our lungs and in our eyes. Um, It felt like a war zone at times. Once September came, the forecast for Labor Day weekend was a scorcher. Cheryl and Greg were dreading the heat in their unair-conditioned apartment. So they took their brand-new Subaru Outback north to escape the smoke and heat of Oregon. So we decided uh, to go to the Indian Heaven Wilderness, which is in Washington State. It's near Mount Adams. It's a nice little pocket of wilderness. There's meadows and forests and quite a few lakes. The way this wilderness is, the Pacific Crest Trail goes up the center of the wilderness, north-south, and there's these feeder trails that connect in from all sides of the wilderness. So we drove the gravel roads. It's a maze of gravel roads to get up there. And we parked at the trailhead, and we opened the door, and there's a row of huckleberry bushes alongside the road, and they're full of huckleberries. So it seemed like a good sign. It was a delicious way to uh, start our hike. As they started on the trail, Cheryl and Greg felt the weather warming up. They were especially grateful for the shaded forest paths and the abundance of huckleberries. Once they hit the Pacific Crest Trail, they headed north and soon arrived at Bear Lake. We found a nice campsite there. It was perfect for swimming. In fact, we got there, we dumped our bags. We didn't even set up our tent first, and we went for a swim. (laughs) It was quite warm. Even up there at that elevation, about 4,000 feet or so, it was still very warm. I have a very low tolerance for cold, so I'm actually not the type of person who normally swims in mountain lakes when we go hiking and backpacking. So the fact that I did go swimming just shows how warm the weather was. We would just sit in the lake and enjoy the coolness, and there was a slight breeze. It felt perfect. They had a perfect afternoon, finally escaping the heat and the haze. Though the fires back in their home state were still in the backs of their minds. 
The fire danger level was, I believe it was probably at the highest extreme. However, the Forest Service had not issued a fire ban, which was surprising to us. Other areas, especially back in Oregon, they did have fire bans. And in fact, that evening, while we were making dinner, we could see that many of our backpacking neighbors had started campfires. We could see around the lake uh, little billows of smoke coming from the different campsites, you know, coming up through the trees. We were kind of surprised by that because even though it was allowed, it was so warm. We didn't understand why anyone would want a campfire in those warm conditions. The forest was just so dry. It seemed like a bad idea. When we woke up the next morning, things had changed. We could see that there was a haze in the air. The air had been clear the day before. We had succeeded in escaping the smoke, which was our goal for the weekend. We had no idea why suddenly those conditions had changed and why there was haze in the air. And we didn't have a signal on our phones, so we just figured that the winds had changed and smoke was blowing up from Oregon. We just shrugged it off and figured, well, this is how the summer is going, so this is how it's going to be today. Cheryl and Greg decided to hike to a nearby viewpoint. And as we're kind of climbing up and we start getting better views, we can see the far-reaching scope of the smoky haze. And we can see Mount Rainier and Mount Adams, and they're just kind of shapes in the smoke. The smoke kind of was like hanging out around the top parts of those mountains, and you kind of see the bottom parts. And we were like, geez, what is going on? So we get up to this viewpoint. And I have enough of a signal that I can take a picture and I can text it to my mom. And she texts back right away and says, that smoke you're seeing is from a new fire. Cheryl began looking up information on her phone. She learned the wildfire was burning the Eagle Creek Trail along the Columbia River Gorge. It had trapped around 150 hikers the night before, and they had been evacuated that morning. We were just in shock. We've hiked that trail before, and we knew exactly the locations they were talking about, and we felt terrible for these poor hikers, and thinking, gosh, that's terrible, and, and this beautiful trail that we love is on fire. Despite the news, Cheryl and Greg tried to enjoy their hike. And we are hanging out by the viewpoint and enjoying what view we can see through the smoke and enjoying some snacks and, again, picking huckleberries. And then I turn and look behind us, and I see a plume of smoke rising up from the forest. And I can tell that it is not that far away, and it seems to be in the direction of our lake where we are camped. It does not look good. <laughs> There's a lot of smoke. So I kind of feel like panic, like, oh my gosh, our weekend has just gone off the rails here. This is, this is not good. We start hiking as fast as we can back to our lake, not knowing what we're going to find. We don't know exactly where this fire is, if it's at our lake or somewhere nearby. We ask hikers as we pass them what they know and one of them thought that the fire was at Bear Lake where we were camped and we thought oh no you know what if one of those 
campers at the lake, what if their campfire had gotten out of control? What if they hadn't put it out properly and then left? What if that is what this wildfire is? When they reached Bear Lake, everyone was gone. All the other campers had been evacuated. The only person there was a firefighter. He said the fire was only a mile away from the lake, and they needed to leave too. And then we tell him where we're parked. And he says, yeah, you can't get out that way. The fire is between you and your car. And I just had this sinking feeling like this is not going to go well. (laughs) How are we going to get to our car? There's one trail that goes to that trailhead, and now that trail is on fire. Cheryl was imagining their new Subaru Outback in the path of the fire. So the firefighter gave them instructions to take another trail out. Then a shuttle would take them to their car. But before they evacuated, Cheryl and Greg were desperate for a moment of relief. So we decide to go for a very quick dip just to cool off. We've already hiked five or six miles that morning to the viewpoint and back. So I jump in the lake with all my clothes on. (laughs) I just needed to cool down. And then I put on my pack and we start hiking. We get there and there's nothing official going on. There's nobody from the Forest Service there. There's a campground at this trailhead and the campers have not been told to evacuate. The hikers are kind of milling around wondering what's going on. So we decide to wait and see what will happen. And they waited and waited. Firefighters began to arrive, but no one knew anything about a shuttle. As she imagined the fire growing bigger and closer to their new car, Cheryl knew they were running out of time. Their first priority, of course, is making sure everyone gets out safe. And, you know, we were safe, but we needed to get to our car. And that is not the top priority for them, which I understand, but it is our top priority. So finally, a Forest Service employee tells us that our best bet is to get a ride with a civilian. And by now, we've been waiting for maybe an hour and a half, and now we find out that no one official is going to help us. So we approached one of the campers who was packing up and explained our situation and where our car was and hoped for the best. As it happened, the group of people that we approached, uh, the grandmother of the group, she said, my son is driving in your direction. And so she basically told him, she didn't ask him, she told him, you're gonna help this nice couple get back to their car. And he and his girlfriend did just that. And we were so grateful. They cleared out the back seat of their car. It's cramped and we don't care because we have a ride. It's starting to get dark, this approaching dusk. And after about 20 minutes of driving, we're on the final road. And I remember that there's going to be a problem. On the final approach to the trailhead, there's a section of road that's it's kind of like a bit of a washout ditch. And our Subaru had enough clearance that it had cleared it uh, just fine. But this nice couple, they have a low clearance car. And I think there's no way they're going to make it across. And I tell them, I say, I understand if you don't want to try to navigate this ditch. And they said, yeah, I don't think we're going to make it. It's definitely dusk now. And we can see we're pretty close as the crow flies to the fire itself. And we can see the smoke 
We can smell the smoke. Also, we don't know how far the fire has spread, so we don't even know if our car will be there. I leave my pack with Greg and the nice couple. I grab my keys and my phone and my wallet, and I start running. I am running down this gravel road, inhaling way too much smoke. I round the corner, and there's our car. And I've never been so happy to see my car. <laughs> It felt kind of surreal. The sky was kind of orange, and there was a lot of smoke in the air. And ironically, when I get to the car, there's a note on the windshield from the Forest Service, and they said that there's a fire in the area. Please leave. As we drive home and we drive over the Columbia River, we can see the Eagle Creek fire, and the whole hillside in the gorge is on fire. It's this massive wall of orange that we can see as we drive over the Bridge of the Gods. It kind of put things in perspective,、um, and it was it was very sobering. We were pretty quiet. I think we were just processing what had happened. And also wondering, like, what had happened. We found ourselves right in the middle of what we had hoped to escape. The Eagle Creek fire ended up creating a tremendous amount of smoke. It was raining ash in Portland、uh, at times. And the entire Mount Hood area and the gorge and Southwest Washington were blanketed in smoke. It wasn't until it rained about the third week of September, I think, that we finally got some relief. And it was the first rain we'd had since June. And boy, did we need it! Fires that are started by Mother Nature. You know, if they burn a favorite place or a favorite trail, it's sad. But at the same time, you know, it's Mother Nature. It's a natural process. That is what happens. And when fires like the two that we witnessed that day, and they're caused by humans, it feels sad and also so pointless. When other people are careless and don't seem to have that same Uh, value for those beautiful places that makes me really sad. Our storyteller was Cheryl Hill. The Eagle Creek fire went on to burn nearly forty-nine thousand acres in one of Oregon's most beloved and scenic sites. It was started by a teenager setting off fireworks. I'm Caroline Ballard. This story was produced by Alana Elder, London Homer Wambin, Aaron Jones, August Law, Annie Osborne, and Tressa Verstegg. Our digital producer is Anna Rader, and our executive producer is Micah Schweitzer. You can hear more stories on our website, humannaturepodcast.org. The theme music is by Caught a Ghost. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media. It's human.